Hello and welcome to the Crystal Clear Podcast. This is season two. My name is Crystal and I'm your host. If you are new to the podcast, you might like to know that I am a mom of six daughters. They range in age from 19 down all the way to three and every age in between. So I have six daughters and that means that all in all, um, I was pregnant for about 17 years and nursing every other year or so. Uh, we also had three sons that were sadly uh, miscarriages, but we've had nine children all together, three in heaven and six here with us now, and three boys that we will meet in the future. So I've had a very um, full and blessed 19 years, the last two decades of my life, and I'm here to share with you what I have learned along the way. So I'm in my 16th year of teaching my children, and I'm hoping that what I have learned will benefit you and that the things that I have overcome and the challenges that I have um, overcome would be of a benefit to you. So not only do I love to talk about parenting, I love to talk about teaching your kids, um, lots of different methods and tips for parenting. Um, I also love to talk about relating with others in relationships and then also lots of things on how to find freedom by walking in the truth in all areas of our life. So those are the main, you know, points of what I do, but there's so many topics. So I'm actually feel like I'm just getting started and I feel like there's so much that I have to share and so much that I have to say. And so that's what I'm here for. I'm here for um, helping others. So thank you for being here. Um, I'm so glad that I can pass on what I have learned to help other people. Um, I'm here to share with you everything that I have come to know that has helped me to do better in life. And I'm very thankful that you are here. So today, um, we're going to talk about keeping kids interested in their um, learning. And there are some very important distinctions that we're going to talk about within that topic. But um, since this is the beginning of season two, in this season for 10 episodes, we're going to cover things like learning styles for kids, um, love languages, which helps in every way for kids to learn and do well in life. Um, And then today's episode, we're going to talk about keeping kids engaged and interested in learning. And um, there's a lot of ways to do that. Um, There's a lot of really good ways to do that. And um, so in season one, uh, over the last, you know, nine months or so, we covered parent-led education. We talked about um, a lot of myths about parents teaching their kids. And we also talked about how you can begin home educating and the basics of doing that. Um, this is just the first tip of the iceberg on that topic. So much more to be said, and I hope you'll stick around for those. Um, and I would love for you to follow and listen along as we go through these ideas. So as I said, in this season two, um, we will cover learning styles for kids and um, how to keep them interested in learning. Okay, so today let's talk a little bit about keeping kids interested in learning. Um, I have written down some 
things that, you know, I have done. So like I said before, I have six kids who are all very different in their personalities. They're all very different in their attention, the amount of attention that they spend on things. And so these basic ideas that I have here, they work for all the kids because they are natural and they are general enough to work for all my children. And I know if they work for my kids, they'll pretty much work for you and most other people because of the variety of kids that I have. So the first thing that I want to mention is to have a change of setting and an activity change every 20 to 30 minutes. So depending on the age of your child, of course, every age is different. Younger kids have very much shorter time attention where they can focus on something. And so if they're very young children, you can't spend a lot of time with focused activity. Um, there has to be a lot more change of pace every couple of you know minutes. But with older kids, um, you can go 30 minutes um, per activity. So when you change the setting or you allow them to change their setting, it refreshes their you know, demeanor, it refreshes their energy. And what I mean by change the setting might look like, uh, you know, from like from the mor- in the morning, they're eating breakfast. And then once they finish eating breakfast, then they get ready for the day. And then after they get ready for the day, they have one designated chore that changes every week. And so um, that chore might be sweeping the floor. And then after they do that chore, then they go outside and they explore nature. And that could be free play or it could be something that you want them to do. You know, it could be like find this amount of bugs for a bug collection or whatever appropriate for their age activity that you want them to do. Um, There could be um, some focused uh, activity that you give them or You could just decide that it's free play and they could go exploring. They could um, do lots of different things outside. So you give them time outside. That's always refreshing for kids. Um, If a child is, you know, somehow addicted to technology and they um, don't want to let go of that, it would be good to ease them away from that as well by giving them things that they enjoy other than technology. Um... So after they go outside for 30 minutes or 60 minutes, however long you designate, um, then you could do um, one subject of book work. And that can be outside as well. You know, if the weather is um, suitable to you, um, you can do a subject of book work outside or you can do it inside in a place that they're comfortable. Um, Then 30 minutes goes by. um, Then you could do music. My kids, they do different kinds of music. My kids do guitar. They do piano. They have um, about five different instruments in their room that they can play. And then some of my children do a voice lessons app, and some of them do um, just learning songs. And so you can do any type of music. You can do instruments. You can do apps. um, You can do singing. So there's a music time um, that breaks up the day really well. And then there is also computer typing games. My kids have a typing program that they love because it's in the form of a game, but they're learning how to type. 
So, so after 30 minutes of computer typing or music time, you can have outside time again. And if you had free play the first time, you can have a focused activity the second time when you're outside. Um, it's just the point of always changing what you're doing. It, it's really hard for kids to sit in a desk all day long at school. Um, it, it's really, <clears throat> it really doesn't give them variety and it really doesn't give them a change of setting, which they need. Um, they learn a lot from changing their activities and their settings. Um, so after outside time again, you could do more books, you could do lunchtime, you could do um, a hobby, you could do things they're interested in doing. You could do um, a variety of hobbies. I have a list in my book that I wrote called Liberated Learning, which will be out on Amazon January 3rd in just about two weeks. Um, there's a list in the book. Um, it's in the appendix and it's also in the main part of the book. The list is called Things You Can Do, and it's a list that I made for my kids that lists every activity for their age that they can choose to do. If it's raining outside or it's bad weather day, you know, if it's just too hot or too cold outside, um, there's a list of things that they can do inside the house to where they don't have to sit around and try to wonder what to do. They can go look at the list on the wall and they have lots of options. And so you can make a list of things they can do and that can be activity time, it can be a hobby, you can help them think of what they're good at, you can help them think of what they are naturally inclined to do. Um, <clears throat> for example, the hobbies and interests for my kids, I have one child who is just natural a natural artist. And so ever since she could hold a pencil when she was one year old, she started drawing on every paper that she could find. <clears throat> and to this day, she is an amazing artist who can draw effortlessly. She can draw people, nature, anything that she sees, she can draw it. It's amazing. So that's her forte. It's what she's good at. And I have another child who is good at technology, like problem solving. She can fix anything. You can have a broken computer, you can have a broken phone, and she will fix it. She will find a way to solve your problem. And then she also is good at sports. She loves to be outside. She loves to be running. She loves competing. She loves volleyball. Then I have another child who loves to sing and to dance, and she's really good at both of those things. I have another child who is into amazingly handcrafting and sewing and doing art. And then I have another child who is just really natural with the piano and any musical instrument that she picks up, she can learn it very, very easily, much more easily than most people. And so she has a natural gift for that. And so she gravitates to that and it's her hobby. And so, um, as you can see, there's a lot of different interests that they have and I try to notice what they're good at and then encourage them in that way. So <clears throat> it's good to let your kids have um, an interest. It's good to let them have a passion of things that they're good at and they love to do. And you interject that into the day. You make sure that they have plenty of time to do the thing that they're naturally good at.
It's part of their purpose. So um, you don't want to have the mentality, like it's not good to have the mentality um, just to school your kids or just be schooling them, okay? So most of us grew up in, in the environment of the school where you sit in the desk all day long and you do what you're told and you are told what to think, not how to think. And so we want to teach our kids how to think. We want them not only to be, to know the answers to things, but we want them to be able to think for themselves. And so there are learning styles for kids that are really important whenever a child is learning. Um, schooling and learning are not the same thing. We learn in a hundred million ways. And so we have to let go of our old ideas um, in order to, to raise children who are thinkers we have to let go of the old regimen. We have to let go of the old mindset that school means you sit in a desk and you're told what to think. So we're not going to copy schools um, as in the way we were raised. We're going to teach our kids how to think. We're going to teach them how and why, not just what to think. Because if you teach your kids what to think, then they'll never be able to think on their own. So, so when you look at different kinds of learners, it's important to know what your children are and you can tell by observing them what helps them and what frustrates them. And so I go into a lot more detail about the learning styles in my book. Um, if you want to know more about the learning styles, then you can grab the ebook, um, Liberated Learning. So just a basic on the learning styles is some children are visual learners, which means if they can see a picture or an image or a chart, they can understand what you're talking about. Excuse me, I'm taking a bit of a drink here. Um, sometimes the throat gets dried out when you're, when you're talking. Visual uh, students or visual children need to see a picture. Auditory learners like to hear the spoken word, and music. Hands-on learners like to have something to do in their hands while they're learning. So I have a, a student, a child, who <clears throat> she will take Legos or little um, Rubik's Cube or anything she can find to move in her hands while she's listening to someone teaching. And that makes her remember the information if her hands can be busy. So always let your kids have something in their hands if they want to, because that helps some children to remember. And then there's the verbal learner who um, can see words on a page and remember them, or, or a spoken word. If they speak the word, they can remember it, or if they read the word. So just remember that learning is not the same as schooling, because learning means you're actually comprehending information, and you're getting new ideas, um, and you're understanding them. Uh, schooling is just facts, okay? So there's a big difference. So all of that is for the benefit of the children. And so when we're talking to parents, um, here's a few ideas that would help you as a parent. Uh, number one is don't compare yourself to other parents. 
you are doing something in your own method. Um, you're doing something in your own way and you have gifts and abilities that other people don't. So you can't compare yourself to other people. Uh, second thing, you have to be realistic with the expectations that you have for yourself and for your kids. Um, like I said, we're not going to copy um, a school setting. We're not going to copy other people, other families. You're going to do what works for you. So you do what works for your family. Um, you observe your kids and you, and you think, what gives them energy? What makes them enthused about learning? Um, what makes them interested? And do more of that more often. Put that in your day. Um, for example, if, if they're interested in art, then include that a lot in their day and give it to them in amounts that are more than other things so that that'll be their um, happy place, you know. And then you can give them small segments of time to do the things that are, you know, less interesting or whatever. Um, and last of all, don't go for perfection. Um, just, just go for progress. So not perfection, but yes to progress. And always remember that progress means that even if it's 1%, you know, that you're learning something every day that you intended to learn and you're, you're learning more about your child, you know, <clears throat> a lot of people don't do that and you're, and you're making progress. So don't try to be perfect. Don't try to do everything perfectly. Give yourself space and give yourself grace and be kind to yourself as you take on this very amazing position of leading your children whenever you decide to educate them. It is a blessed, amazing, powerful position of influence. And so please don't get stuck in the trap of perfection because it won't bring peace. And the path of peace is doing what you can do and then accepting that there will be bumps along the way, there will be interruptions and unexpected challenges, and you can handle that with grace. You can stop and pause and take a breath, and you can pray if you're a person of prayer. You can do some deep breathing, and you can take the next step. And there was a, a lady one time early in my years of teaching that I read a book and she said, just do the next thing. So when you feel like you have more to do than you can, or you feel like there's too many tasks or there's too big of a mountain to climb, any mountain can be broken down into small pieces and chipped away one at a time. You can handle any problem one piece at a time, and you can go a long way walking many, many miles if you will just take one step at a time. So always remember, don't look at the big problem. Don't look at the big mountain. Break it down into small, tiny pieces and then tackle them one by one in little steps because you can do little steps. You can do anything one at a time. And don't ever let the larger picture or the bigger picture overwhelm you because 
your calling and your position are too important and too sacred <clears throat> to let any type of that happen. So remember, any big problem you have, break it down. Keep it small and do the next thing, and you'll make it through. So thank you, friends, for being here. That is all for today on the topic of keeping your kids interested. And hopefully this gives you some tangible things that you can do. And until next time, take care and God bless.